We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Pat. Jason, this is the annual Cash Considerations Bulls Do Nothing at the Trade Deadline podcast. I will say I personally was just pissed off all day. I was in a bad mood. (laughs) I came into the day expecting the Bulls to do nothing. And they met my very low expectations by doing absolutely nothing. While there were plenty, there was plenty of interest around the league in Alex Caruso, in Andre Drummond, in DeMar DeRozan, Arturis Karnaschovas looked at the standings, saw a Bulls team that entered the day three games under 500 in ninth place in the Eastern Conference and decided, this is exactly where I want to be. There is nothing I want to change about this mix. So Karnaschovas for the third time in a row, does nothing at the trade deadline. And the Bulls had a game tonight, too. They go out, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies 118-110. to 110. The Bulls may as well have been playing the Memphis Hustle due to some of the guys in the lineup for the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, we had the legend Trey Jemison out of UAB, an undrafted free agent, getting big minutes for them. We had Scotty Pippen Jr. starting for them. We had this dude from Princeton whose name I can't even pronounce, Tassan Evabuallen, something like that. He was getting big minutes for the Grizzlies. So the point is, the Bulls played a very shorthanded Memphis team. They were down pretty much the whole game. They came back and went in the clutch because that's what this Bulls team does, baby. They win in the clutch. Bulls now two games under 500, 25 and 27. But the headline news of the day is that the Bulls are gigantic losers. They are so self-satisfied with sub-mediocrity. And Jace, I feel like as a fan, uh, they have beaten every last ounce of hope out of me. Arturis Karnaschovas is so overmatched as the leader of this team. 
the guy is an absolute buffoon, and I have no trust in him to get the Bulls into a better situation than the one they're currently in. It's going to be a long, long time as Bulls fans until we get to root for a winning team again because I have no faith in Arturis to get us there. Uh, Arturis should be fired. Just straight up, he should be fired. He sucks at his job, and he's a bozo. (laughs) Everything he says only makes his lack of action even more unforgivable. And as someone who is really driving the fire Garpax bus, I honestly find Arturis' approach even more insulting. Partially because I'm not sure if someone gave him, like, some feedback to smile more at press conferences, but now he's always smiling, and he's (laughs) saying this dumbass stuff. And he just seems so smug and so arrogant and so oblivious to the realities facing the franchise. He also just blatantly lied several times. He lied about how long the Bulls' playoff drought was before he took over. He said it was five years and it was three years. He lied about how far back the team is from the number six seed in the East, which would mean an automatic entry to the playoffs. I think he said they're three games back and they're really like five games back. Uh, But either way, Jason, this was just another humiliating day to be a Bulls fan. And there is truly nothing that's ever going to change that as long as our terrorists call the shots. So uh, we got a lot to get into today. But Jason, now that we've had a few hours to cool down, I will admit I'm no longer quite as fired up as I was, you know, six, seven hours ago. We're recording this podcast right after the game today. Uh, Jace, how are you feeling now with a little bit of room to breathe? And, uh, you know, where's your mind at on another disastrous trade deadline for the Bulls? Yes. So as noted, like no real surprise that they didn't make a trade. We've kind of been priming for that this entire these last few weeks. Um, So like whatever. So I wasn't really mad. I did start to get fired up once the press conference started and the quotes started rolling in and just like, uh, the competitive line that he just repeated ad nauseum over and over and over. And like credit to Bulls media for trying to hold his feet to the fire and asking like, what do you mean by competitive? And he kind of danced around it. We see like, what does he mean by competitive? Like this, there are two games under 500. Of course they are 20 and 13 since their uh, five and 14 start to get back to 25 and 27 now. So uh, he called this team really good. He, Again, talked about competitive. He talked about how he just ref- no no willingness to take any type of step back at all. Uh, I said there's a lot of quotes here I can go through. We can maybe go through some in a second, but just um, just like he seems just to be very stubborn with just like how to build this team. Like there's just like like I said, no room for like any flexibility on how to build it. It's like we gotta keep this team and like can't no steps back, not at all. We just got to keep rolling with what we got here. We're we're so close in this mix in the Eastern Conference in the parity of the Eastern Conference. First of all, the top four in the Eastern Conference are just like miles ahead, better than you. And that that was at least five before the Embiid injury. I know the Sixers are falling back, and like the Bulls are still theoretically within striking distance of the Pacers, the Heat, the Magic, uh, whatever. Man, like there's obviously a, a clear tier tiers above them. Um, but whatever, they have a chance to maybe rise up a little bit. And that's what AK is banking on. Hey, like we're, we're 20 and 13 since the bad start and really love how we play. He like named off like all the guys like Kobe white is like, whatever he's playing out of this world and IOs developing and Pat 
and DeMar and Vooch is a double-double machine and yada, 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 and like named all these reasons why this team is so great, despite still being overall 25 and 27 with like the a top 20-ish net rating. They're a mediocre offense still. Okay, defense. They've been, this record is basically propped up by a bunch of clutch wins, a few, a handful of just absolute like miracle improbable wins that Timberwolves game included. Something I wondered was like if the Bulls like if the Bulls would have lost that Timberwolves game, like they should have, uh, like would that have changed anything? Like if they were like two games worse and they were twenty two and twenty nine at the deadline instead of twenty four and twenty seven, like how bad would they have had to have been for them to not for the AK to not see them as competitive, like? Because right now, I mean, even if they were two or three games worse, they'd still be, I think, like right there as the nine or ten. Because the the Nets are like eleven games under five hundred now. I think the Hawks are, I think, seven right. So they'd still be kind of in the same spot, even a few games worse. So like, would that have still like since they'd still be in the spot? I'm I, I'm curious like how much worse they would have had to have been to AK to think that they weren't competitive and that they would have actually sold. Um, so like, wasn't super mad until the press conference and I got fired up. And again, and we've and this is something we've talked about too. Like it's on, it's not just this trade deadline. Like you can kind of, you can say, Oh, whatever. Like you sit out one trade deadline. That's fine. AK has set out three straight trade deadlines and basically set out, um, the off seasons too. Like what's the, I saw that somebody tweeted about like how many days it's been since like AK has made a trade involving a bulls player. He of course traded two second round picks for Julian Phillips at this past draft, but like there hasn't been an actual trade involving a bulls player in like three years now. Uh, I have never seen like there's, this has gotta be like some type of record. Uh, someone tweeted at me that like that Joe Dumars like went, made like a really long stretch with when he was pissed when a terrible Pistons GM without making any moves. Like how were you an NBA GM in this in this NBA, and you haven't made a trade out, whatever, in, involving one of your players to like change up your roster in three years. That's like unheard of. He's not doing the job, basically. Like, and if he loves this team, so whatever, you don't, you trade, you don't trade Alex Cruz. So, allegedly, like the reportedly, the Bulls or the Warriors made a move or made efforts to trade for, for Alex Caruso. Um, we kind of talked about that possible interest. Moses Moody in a first round pick would have been a fine baseline. We heard some rumblings about maybe so about an offer that was possibly on the table. Um, that would have been pretty that good. Was basically, that was basically that offer. Yeah. I mean, they basically had that offer on the table, according to some little birdies who have been. Casey, yeah, I mean, Casey angry. Johnson hit it too. And then some of our other peeps that we know have who hear things throughout the league mentioned that. And K, except Casey mentioned that. Casey mentioned that the Bulls asked for Jonathan Kaminga. Obviously, they're going to get laughed off the phone. Like, as great as Crusoe is, Kaminga, over, like, the last month or two, is now, like, the Warriors' what third best player. He's been awesome. So, like, obviously, they weren't going to trade him. Uh, but, I mean, fine. Bulls can ask for him. But still, if they could have gotten Moody a first and maybe, whatever, another, some seconds even, uh, or maybe another, uh, I know some, something we were talking about with other people was Trace Jackson Davis. Like, they could have traded maybe Andre Drummond for some seconds. Maybe even if I don't know if a first was on the table, I don't know about that. But if you would have made that trade with the Warriors, then if you get a guy, a young guy like Trace Jackson Davis, he's your back new backup center, help you uh, with the with the drumming loss. But they didn't do anything, uh, so you don't make those moves. Whatever, like there was the Demar stuff. It didn't seem like there was ever anything like that serious. They're like the Sixers were mentioned as like a possibility for Demar and. Drummond, Dr- uh, Drummond would have seemed a little more likely, but Demar it seemed like there were maybe some exploratory talks, but really nothing serious. But okay, fine. You don't make any of those moves. You really like this team. You talk about how good this team is, and he referenced AK referenced the fourteen and nine thing again, uh, and then whatever they've been better lately. 
um, with a lot of wins against bum teams and a lot of clutch and a lot of clutch wins. Uh, okay, go add to the team. And Casey did report that the Bulls tried to get uh, Bojan Bogdanovic from the Pistons. He, of course, went to the Knicks along with Alec Burks, and probably the biggest deal of the day, or at least one of that was probably definitely one of the bigger deals of the day was that one with the Knicks kind of loading up on getting Bogdanovich and Burks from the Pistons. But the Bulls allegedly were going after Bojan to add to the roster. I think I saw Brian Windhorst mention that the Bulls were trying to be buyers. Uh, Great, but you still didn't make any moves. Like, I at least would have respected him more. Like, even if I would have disagreed and if I thought maybe it was ill-advised, depending on the trade, uh, if they actually would have pulled off a um, pulled off a, a buying move, I at least would have respected that more that you at least did something. But again, you didn't do anything. We talked about before, like that there was no excuse not to make some type of move, whether it was buying, whether it was selling off parts, or maybe trying to thread the needle and do both. Instead, it was nothing. It said it's the same status quo. And you get quotes like this. Uh, we had a great a bunch of great columns. Again, kudos to Bulls Media. Uh, a lot of holding his feet to the fire and asking like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, what do you, what is competitive mean? Yada, yada. Like Cody Westerland had a great calm. Our guy, Will Golly, had a great calm. KC wrote a few things. I mean, all across the board, there was a lot of good stuff from Bulls media. Uh, we are, uh, Matt, your friendly Bulls blogger on a subsec had some good stuff too. Obviously he goes up in a bit harder, basically demanding AK to be fired. Like you kind of just did, but, um, here's like just some of the quotes here we got from AK. Um, <clears throat> We would have taken a step back in the proposed proposed trades Thursday, which we don't want. We want to stay competitive. You talk about an obligation to the organization and this fan base and the city to stay competitive and compete for the playoffs. Like, I feel like a lot of the fans understand that they're not really going to compete for anything. But again, he talks about that. Um, what there was the other quote I was looking for was like really good. It was he mentioned like he brought up talking about how like you know like he, he he's brought this up before about how. Oh, like teams making trade deadline trades don't often don't get better, which is just like hilarious. Insane. Like, yeah, Insane. like what what is that? Like that's uh, like a huge part of the job is like making it. Is he aware the Knicks immediately went 12 and 2? Yeah, after, after OG, and OG and Anobi. Is he aware how good the Pacers have looked with Pascal Siakam? Anyways. Pacers haven't looked quite as good yet, but that's because Halliburton's yeah. been hurt. So like whatever. But the OG thing, like, yeah, like. The Knicks trade for OG and he like before their like rash of injuries, they were they've been one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh and he like fit perfectly. And like there's I mean, there's plenty of examples where a team makes a trade deadline move and they're better. Uh and of course AK is the one who made big trade deadline moves. I mean, I wonder if is he just like paralyzed from from the moves he made in the at the whatever that was at the 2021 trade deadline where he got Vooch and made another move or two. Uh although but of course, as I mentioned, like Vooch. He he lauds the Vooch trade. The Vooch trade is great, according to him. Um, even though it didn't work that year and it really hasn't worked out that great, but whatever. He says it's great. They resigned Vooch to a three-year deal, 20 million a year. So according to him, oh, that trade was great. The there's plenty of other examples of trade deadline trades working, but to come out and say that, like, oh, like teams, you know, don't often get better from like, like, what is that? Like, that's 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 an insulting comment. Like that's brutal brutal stuff. Um <laughs> What what do you make about like I said I'm trying to look up for some of these other AK quotes. But what do you make about some of his really, some of these quotes that he said? The thing that really pisses me off is just how lazy he is. And Paxson and Foreman never made trades either. And Paxson and Foreman had so many of the same issues we've seen with this front office led by Arturis. But you really had to think that like getting rid of Paxson, there was so much low hanging fruit in terms of team building 
that the Bulls never explored during the 20 years of Paxson. And the number one thing there was making trades. Like Paxson basically never made a trade uh, unless he thought somebody was asking for too much money or somebody had too big of an ego and then he let him go. But for Arturis to just look at this team and be so satisfied with the fact that they're right around 500, the fact that they could basically win or lose any game when the ball is tipped, and for him to think that that's awesome, it's just totally insane. Anybody who follows the NBA, anyone who works as hard as you need to work to become something like the lead decision maker of an NBA team would tell you, well, you know, if you're 500, you're older, you're capped out, you're asset poor, that's a horrible place to be in. But Kardashovic seems to believe that the Bulls are in a great place and that everyone seems to think he's doing a great job, which is totally crazy. Um, You know, it was fitting that the Timberwolves game that we alluded to happened right before the trade deadline. And that was the Bulls' last game before the trade deadline, that was probably the best win of the year, or at least it's on the short list. Bulls win 129-123 against the Timberwolves. They were down 23 points. They have a huge second-half comeback, mostly behind Kobe White going absolutely bananas, hitting all of these deep pull-up threes, step-backs. It was a beautiful display of shot-making and, frankly, like rising stardom by Kobe. Yeah. And then in OT... DeMar takes over, ices it, Bulls win. A lot of weird things happened in that game. Kyle Anderson got a technical from the bench with under a minute left. And I don't think the Bulls win without, the, you know, getting the free throw out of and that. the Timberwolves so. just melted down in that game. And they played like a flawless first half and then awful second half. And like, even with Kobe hitting those shots, the Timberwolves play even like a merge, like just a bad second half. They still win that game. They happen to play a yeah. pathetic, embarrassing second half and they blow that game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. While it was happening, everyone was sort of sarcastically commenting, oh, well, now the Bulls will never make any trades because of this win. And it didn't really matter if they won or lost the game. The point is, that was a Tuesday night game. The arena was sold out. I was trying to look for tickets. You know, they were going for almost 40 bucks on StubHub uh, the day of the game. The arena sold out. The fans were actually going crazy that game. So, like, you know, if our tourist probably hears, like, the criticism from people like us and just thinks, ah, oh, it's just a few loud online dickheads. Look at this building. Everyone's loving us. We're competitive. Why would we want to tank? Why would we want to trade Caruso? He's our heart and soul. But really, dude, they're in such a bad spot. 
currently. And it's only getting worse because you have Vooch for two more years. He's getting worse. DeRozan's still very good. And DeRozan had another good game tonight. But, you know, he's sliding down the age curve. Obviously, we've seen his performance dip, especially on short rest. And if you're just going to continue to tether the franchise to DeMar with no real succession plan, it's just not a great bet for them. Obviously, they can't even give away uh, Levine at this point. And then Drummond has had a tremendous year. He's also on an expiring deal. He's someone who should have had a real market. He's yeah. someone who could have gotten and he did. I real mean, assets back. There is every evidence that he did have a real market. I mean, again, I mentioned the Sixers. I think, I mean, the Celtics and I think Mavs and I think some other teams are named, but those they those teams pivoted to other options because it seems like the Bulls are probably asking for too much and didn't want to commit to a tra- to trade him. Even if somebody would have offered the Bulls a first round pick for Drummond, I don't think they would have done it, honestly, because the Bulls' goal is to get into the playoffs. And until they change that goal, and their goal should be to build towards a championship. Yeah. The Bulls do not even attempt to build towards a championship. They are very smugly self-satisfied with doing a few things. One is not being a national embarrassment, not being a punchline, which they were during the peak of the Boylan era, when it just seemed like they were the laughing stock of the entire league. The second thing is sell out the building. And the third thing is stay under the luxury tax. And as long as our tourists can do that, the Reinsdorfs are going to love him forever. He's never going to get fired. Now, Arturis, just as like a guy who's quote-unquote so competitive, does he not aspire for more than to be like a sort of a mediocre team with no hope for the future? He seems to be so, yeah, he seems to be so locked in on like this season, like, and like not thinking like at all about like future, like building and aspirations. Like he said, like this group, this is the group that gives us the best chance to be competitive this season, like this season, everything this season, like. Like you can, they could have still been competitive while making these moves. If you again, if you say you make that Caruso trade, you trade Drummond um, for something, like you can uh, maybe add somebody on the bio market, a guy or two, whatever. And you, but if you keep to whatever, you keep Demar, fine, whatever. You don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have just dumped Demar to just dump dump him. I could totally get that. If you still had like Demar and Kobe and Vooch. And like IO and some other guys, you're still going to be competitive. You're still going to get the nine seed and probably still be in the same spot. But you would have and set Jay- yourself up better for like at least a few, maybe a future, just re- getting some more assets, not risking losing guys for nothing and stuff, that kind of thing, or at least some of these other lesser role guys. So like you could have, they could have threaded the needle. Um, or again, what, they could what's have insane? Added, yeah. Is he has no idea how to evaluate his own performance or the team's own performance. Like anyone with half a brain could have seen that the Bulls blew it last year by not selling high on DeRozan at last season's trade deadline when you, you know, another team could have got two playoff runs out of DeMar. That was the time to trade DeMar to get to a better future. Instead, the Bulls were so happy just to make the play-in tournament and they ended up losing, uh, you know, in the second game, didn't make the playoffs. The same scenario played out this year with Caruso. This was the absolute highest point of Caruso's value. He's 29 years old. A team acquiring him would have had two playoff runs with him. He's on like one of the most team-friendly deals in the entire league. You really could have gotten a nice package for Caruso, especially if you opened it up to the highest bidder. And, you know, as we alluded to, we have done pretty good confirmation that the Warriors offered the Bulls what would have been a very nice package to try to get Caruso. And the Bulls said no. Because Arturis is so singularly focused on making the playoffs. 
And if he can make the playoffs, he's going to go up there at his next press conference, and he's going to say, listen, we've made the playoffs two of the last three years, despite not having Lonzo, despite not having Zach this year. I think we're doing a great job. And it's insane because anyone with half a brain can look at the Bulls and see a team that is not only stuck in the middle, but it's stuck in the middle with no upward mobility. Their best players are all old. Levine Besides is Kobe. such a disaster. Let's give Kobe, let's, of- let's give Kobe his due because Kobe is Kobe. It's, it's unfortunate that we like hate this team so much right now and hate this problem because Kobe White is Kobe a legitimate tremendous. shining yeah. star on this team. And you mentioned the Timberwolves game and tonight. He didn't have like a huge game, but another just solid game, efficient game. And he but absolutely. Jason, Jason, again, though, they only have two more years after this year with True. Kobe on this incredibly team-friendly yep. deal. If Kobe would have had this season last year, he'd be making $25 million a year. <laughs> Instead, he's making like $13.5 million. And so what you should be doing is trying to move the pieces around him and try to give your chance, get, try to give yourself a chance to actually compete for something more meaningful than the final seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, because they have a total gift in terms of team building right now with a stud on a very cheap deal. Instead, Arturis is like, well, you know, we'll keep Vooch. We're not thinking about trading Vooch. DeMar, yeah, we're going to re-sign DeMar, give him a raise. Uh, Patrick Williams, we'll see. It's just like there's literally zero uh, intentional thought about how to make this situation better. All he wants to do is keep everyone together. And perhaps the development of Kobe White, who they just kept around, decided not to move, and now he's blossomed into, you know, something close to a star in his fifth year, sort of lends credence to what Arturis wants to do, which is nothing. So, (laughs) man, it's just, it's so, so frustrating as a fan because since Lonzo got hurt, This team has been garbage, and Kobe is kind of saving them a bit this year. Yeah. But while he's made the team more watchable, they're not a threat to, like, do anything of substance, even with this miraculous Kobe rise. Yeah, I mean, just think about, like, again, Kobe has done this, and whatever, the record is better. But again, so much of it is... And again, they deserve some credit. I will begrudgingly give them some credit for for beating all these shitty teams. Like... Again, they lost so many games against bad teams last year, and they'd have these letdowns. And this year, they're beating all of them. I think now by beating the Grizzlies, I think that's now 11-1 and against like the bottom six or like the six worst teams in that rating. Again, that's Grizzlies. They've beaten them twice. They beat the Blazers, the 4-0 against the Hornets, 3-0 against the Spurs, 1-1 against the Pistons. And I think that's it because they haven't played the Wizards yet. So like, I will give them credit for not losing these games to these just absolute dogshit teams. And they've been in position to lose some of these games. They've been down late in games against some of these teams, and they found a way to pull it out getting also aided by these other teams just crapping down the bed late in games, but they've actually won these games. But again, still like still beating those teams and then being bad to mediocre at best against good teams. Again, the Timberwolves game was a fun comeback win and also just like a total fluke. As awesome as Kobe, what like Kobe, I mean, we're ridiculous second half. He had 30 points in the second half was like seven of eight or seven, nine and three. And coupled with the wolves, just completely melting down. But like in general, the bulls have been very bad against the better teams. I think I saw our guy, Rick camp mentioned, like mentioned AK. It said, Oh, like we're good against like, and we're good and competitive against like the best teams in the league. And Rick camp was like against like the top teams in terms of net rating. The bulls are like four and 11 with a negative 10 net rating. Like they're just like, they, they've won a few good, like they won that bucks game without Zach and tomorrow, which is like a total miracle. Bucks laid a total egg in that game. Caruso hits that game tying three. They won that Sixers game in Philly against with against Embiid, where the Sixers 
Uh, again, laid a total egg. Uh, and they've won again the, the Timberwolves game, and I think they have like they have a few other really nice wins. But for the most part, they have not been good against the better team. So like, ultimately, they're twenty five and twenty seven with like again their net rating. I think they're like nineteen or twenty. Their offense is still like top twenty ish. Their defense is in the middle of the pack. Um, they haven't beaten many good teams. They have pulled out so many clutch games. I think they're now since the bad start to the year, 13 and six in clutch games. Uh, that's like an incredible record. Just a wild turnaround from last season. Some of that is Kobe white, his development. He has been monster in clutch game in close games. And Demar has mainly been pretty good as well. Uh, but some of that is just, I think honestly, luck. like they're the team isn't that good overall, but to be 13 and six in the clutch with like their clutch defensive rating is insane. And their clutch net rating is insane. Like, it just doesn't really match up. So I think some of that is while they deserve some credit, there's also a, a bit of just like randomness luck with some of this clutch stuff. And like while they're 25 and 27, they're like a few unlucky bounces away from being 22 and 30 or like 21 and 31. So like so close, the margin is just so close there of them being like much worse. But AK still thinks that this group is really good and like they can really Dude. compete and they can get up. And it's like, can they though? Like, and especially with the like Zach is out, Pat. I mean, I think at this point we're expecting Pat to be done for a while, if not the season. Like, this group, like, and they're gonna be running Demar and Kobe into the ground and Caruso. Like, they're playing like a playoff rotation. They're playing freaking Vooch and Drummond like double big lineups, which have worked shockingly. But like, is that a long term solution that's gonna work? Like, man, I don't fucking know. Like, Drummond like has basically. Drummond goes from like he has these these last two games. If Drummond plays even like okay, like they probably lose both games. But Drummond plays two of his best games of the season to help the Bulls pull out these wins, these close wins. And it's and we've seen Drummond go back and forth between awesome and like unplayable. So it's like just like there's no like I feel like just sustained level that they can pull here. Besides, like I mean, Kobe is has sustained this level of greatness and he's awesome. But like as a team, like there's just like they're not going to sustain anything and be they good. Better make run these guys into the ground and maybe get up to the seven or eight at best. And it's like, whatever, but without making any moves to the future either. So it's like, what are we doing here? They better make the playoffs this they year because next yeah. year is going to be a disaster. Like this team is only going to get worse next year unless Kobe somehow, you know, becomes Steph Curry or something. Uh, Demar's just going to continue to get worse. Vooch just can't make a jump shot at all. Levine, is he going to be engaged at all? We'll see. And like, you know, is the shooting improvement that Io has shown this year, is that really going to be sustainable long-term? I certainly hope it is. Pete Patton's earning his paycheck if yeah. it is. But I'm a little skeptical. It seems like Io is shooting over his head a little bit this year. Uh, so, you know, Arturis has so much riding on this team winning two stupid games in the play-in <laughs> tournament to make the playoffs because uh, they're going to have to make some tough decisions next year with the payroll, with the luxury tax looming. DeMar is a free agent. Pat going to be a restricted free agent. Does Pat play again this year? How bad is Pat's injury? That'll be something to monitor long-term. And uh, they better make the playoffs this year and then if they get in they better not lose by 40 points against the celtics every game who are going to be the number one seed in the east because then arturis you know failed short in his goal of being competitive which is a word that only he can appropriately define but he won't do it so i would love to know like what like what does he think is like if they make the playoffs but get to fucking stomped out by the celtics like I would guess he sees that as a success. I'm like, you know, we were five and fourteen to start the year. One of our best players barely played. 
And we came back and we made and we made it through the playing tournament, made the playoffs. Like I think he would find that as a success, even if they went like forty and whatever, around five hundred, but they make it through the play-in. I think he would be very satisfied with that. They maybe you get he a home play, tell- you get a home play-in game, you get a few home playoff games, and they bounce back from a terrible start. And we're gonna, just going to keep rolling through that again, like next season. Like that, I f- I feel like that's what the mindset would be. Like you know, we we fought through adversity. This group is still building together. Although tomorrow it's going to be 35, like the, the best players are old and Zach has got his situation. Zach also, Zach Levine underwent surgery today, aka kind of dropped that in at the beginning of the press conference. Uh, Casey Johnson also had some reporting on that and mentioned that this was like the injury was like a childhood injury or something like from him growing up that they had to finally fix. And that, like, I think other teams knew about what was going on, like, very strange stuff there. But Zach did undergo the surgery. Casey said he's hoping that he'll be back on the court in three months. We'll see. Obviously, the Zach thing is a whole nother situation. But yeah, what is a success this season? If the Bulls do, they whatever they go, they make no moves again. If the Bulls do not, they're going to make the play. And of course, they're going to comfortably make the play. Tournament. If they don't make the final eight, AK should absolutely be fired. You could argue he should be fired right now. They're not going to do that. But if they do not make the fi- the fi- actual playoffs, he should be fired. Because like, whatever, if you're going to just do this and like not make any moves uh, and then like you, you fall short again, you're done. Toast. You should be, but yeah. Uh, he's not going to get fired, though. He's the perfect. He's not, he's not going to, executive. but he should be. He should be if they he's don't the make the playoffs. He perfect Reinsdorf executive. Yeah, oh. and that's what Cody Cody's headline of his uh, column was: Arturis Karnasovas and the Reinsdorfs are a perfect match, much to the chagrin of Bulls fans. Greg, a great column by Cody over at Six Seventy to score. And I tweeted earlier today: Arturis Karnasovas is the perfect Reinsdorf executive. Yeah. Just get to five hundred, avoid the luxury tax, keep the UC full. He will be here forever. That was at 9 a.m. for me this morning. So, uh, God, what a pathetic day for the franchise. <laughs> and it was like, so close anyone... to being, it was so close to being even more pathetic. They would have lost the hospital Grizzlies and they were close and they were down for almost the entire game. They were down six at one point at, in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Grizzlies again kind of just fell apart and the Bulls kind of took over, which again, this is how ma- many of the, their games are going this this, se- this season is team falls apart, Bulls do enough down the stretch, win a close game. That's how it goes. But yeah, bummer of a day, which again, we kind of expected, but got more annoying once we saw AK talk. Um, I guess looking ahead here as we wrap this up, buyout market. The Bulls do have one roster spot. They are up against the luxury tax. And there, are, I'd have to. There are some things with Kobe White and possible incentives. I think that would make things even more complicated. Um, again, there, we should not care about this, but like, of course, the luxury, the owner, we know ownership does. Like, whatever you have one roster spot and you're trying to be competitive, hashtag competitive. You should be adding somebody for sure. Uh, I know Casey mentioned Joe Harris as a possibility. Joe Harris is washed. Um, he. Whatever, like he couldn't even play on the Pistons. He has not been good. Like I don't know if he's got anything left. Uh, Danilo Gallinari got is is going to be done. Uh, he's going to be available. Like the Bulls are interested in Gallinari. Uh, what two off seasons ago, right? Um, and they could use a power forward. They could use some more shooting. I have no idea how much Gallo has left. I could see them like considering they went after Bojan Bogdanovich. Like Gallinari is like kind of a poor man's version of him at this point. Uh, I could see them going after him. Like, could they go after another point guard? I don't know. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is available. I don't think they're going to sign. It looks like he might go to the Lakers. Um, 
Kyle Lowry is probably going to go to the Sixers, I would guess, if he get, once he gets bought out. Uh, Thad Young is, I think, is getting released or waived or whatever after he got traded to the to the Nets uh, in that Dinwiddie and Dennis Schroeder trade. Anybody else you have your eye on as a possible the round out that, to take that last spot on the roster? And do you think they actually will? Because that is what AK has done. They have not made a trade at the deadline, but then Tristan Thompson two years ago, Patrick Beverly this uh, last year, and Patrick Beverly got traded to the Bucks from the Sixers um, today. Um, so do you think the Bulls will make an addition uh, for a 15? If they can squeeze it under the luxury tax, sure. I don't know if they can because of those incentives for Kobe and because it's going to be really, really tight. And how funny would that be? That might be the one thing to get our tourists fired. Because I was reading Hollinger today, and Hollinger said that the payout for teams who don't pay the luxury tax this year is $9 million. If Arturis fudges the math and they end up just barely crossing the luxury tax and he miss and Reinsdorf misses out on a $9 million check, that might be the only way that uh, Karnaschovitz gets fired. But, you know, will the Bulls make a buyout addition? They will, if as long as they can fit under the tax. But, you know, in the words of AK today, and this is a real quote, Jason. He actually said this to a group of reporters today. Quote, this group is really good. <laughs> That's what Arturis said. He said, this group is really good. So they're really good, Jason. Like, who cares? They got nothing to worry about. Life is great if you are Arturis Karnaschovas and the Chicago Bulls. So, Jason, this whole year, I feel like we've been talking about the trade deadline and not much else but the trade deadline. Now that the trade deadline's over, uh... And I think all hope is just totally extinguished for the Bulls to ever, like, dig themselves out of this hole they put themselves in. Like, at this point, I don't want to talk about, you know, what changes they're going to make to the roster again. Like, we'll do that in the offseason. But now, like, what do we have to look forward to? Obviously, Kobe continuing his breakout season. We have the hilarious Andre Drummond-Nikola Vucevic pairing that entered this game plus 54 and probably improved that uh, plus-minus today playing together against the Grizzlies. Drummond was unreal today. 19 points, 10 boards, didn't miss a shot. He actually did miss one, but I think maybe they they didn't count it in the box score because I remember him missing one in the game on a tip-in, so it's possible they just gave him a rebound for that. But... Uh, and then, you know, Io continuing to play really good. He just had a 40-50-90 month. He's had a major bounce back season in a much smaller role than last year. Caruso is an absolute genius. And DeMar, you know, you got to respect it. You got to yeah. love it. Like, the guy has continued to make himself a pro's pro. And he's still very effective, uh, you know, in his 15th year, I think this is. So I will say, like, as much as I deeply detest the smug Arturis Karnaschovas, <laughs> The idiot Jerry Reinsdorf <laughs> and the Nepo baby Michael Reinsdorf. I do like a lot of the players on this team. I love Kobe. I love Caruso. Vooch, Vooch is the guy I don't really like. Vooch is whatever. But I even like Drummond. Drummond's fun. He's like a cool person. He's, he's a good dude. Add on this team. Very good dude. Uh, Tori Demar is a pro. Awesome. Yeah. Love Tori Craig. Demar, you know, Demar, you just got to respect him. Like, yeah. if you love ball the way we he's do, he's a hooper. You got to like Demar. Hooper. Yeah, he's a hooper's hooper. Yeah. So fuck this team. This team sucks, but I love the players. And 
There is a there's like part of me that would think it would be funny if they didn't make the playoffs. And like it's unlikely they do make the playoffs because they're gonna have to win two games in the playing tournament to most do it. likely. Yeah. So there is part of me that is like, you know, I want Arturis to fail. I want him to look in the mirror every morning and see himself <laughs> as a failure. But at the same time, these are boys. And this is I wanted to go on this rant at the start of the podcast, Jason, but you were talking too much, so I forgot Sorry. about it. <laughs> Uh, there's this big thing going on today that the fa- some people on Twitter are like, well, you know, if you are the person paying to go to a Bulls game, it's your fault that they won't make any moves because you're giving your money to Jerry Reinsdorf and <laughs> you are fueling Arturis Karnaschovas' delusional outlook on this team. I'm going to say fuck that, okay? Because... In our oppressive capitalistic society, sports is the one thing that can really bring us together. Most of the people going to these games are still probably like one bad medical emergency away from break- bankruptcy. Most people do not, you know, they. it's tough out there in life, especially these days, Jace. And I'm not going to shame anyone for yeah. wanting to spend their free time going to the Bulls game and supporting the Bulls and rooting for the team to win. Like, I think that's total bullshit. Cowley was doing it today. I've seen a lot of people doing it. Like, tisk tisk to the fans who sell out the building. Well, you know what? The Bulls are so lucky to have such a great fan base, to have a amazing basketball city where there's only one pro men's team in town with the Bulls. So they have the entire city to themselves. And even if they fucking suck, the city loves them because Chicago is an amazing basketball town. And I'm not going to tell people not to go to the games and not to be happy when they win because the players deserve your support. Uh, And, you know, while this season has been frustrating and while Karnaschovas sucks and is stupid, you know, what else are you going to do with your time? You might as well support the local basketball team. So uh, I'm not shaming anyone. We're getting jacked up about going to the Timberwolves game and cheering the team on when they won. I mean, especially like, given the rest too of the hard life is too hard as it is, Jay. So you might as well watch some basketball. And the rest of the Chicago sports scene is absolutely fucking pitiful. So like uh the White Sox we know are a joke. The Cubs are whatever, and they've like we're still waiting on them to like resign Cody Bellinger and we'll see if they're anything more than mediocre. The Bears we know suck. Uh, but do have the number one pick. And, and if you're not going to a Bulls game, you're probably fighting about whether the Bears should draft Caleb Williams or keep Justin Fields or whatever. But uh, the Chicago Sky are falling apart. They just had to trade Copper, rebuilding, uh, going into full rebuild mode there. A few years after winning a championship, at least they won their championship. But they're kind of a mess now, too, after James Wade left them in the shitter. Uh, so yeah, not, oh, the, I, I got a big rant in me on that, but I'm not sure if we have the time to. Do yeah, we don't have to do it today. Episode. But if yeah, maybe another. Uh, actually, screw it, just do it real quick. Give me your Chicago Sky rants, and we're already ranting well, about the Bulls trade deadline. Let's rant about the Chicago Ch- Sky trade. I do. So the Sky traded Clea Copper. Yeah. Uh, who is who was their franchise player? Who was the lone leftover from their 2021 championship team? And. A year ago, Copper stayed on the team, but everyone else left. Candace Parker left. Allie Quigley left. Courtney Vandersloot left. Emma Meesman left. Uh, Ezra Stevens left. They lost everyone but Copper. It would have been very easy for the team to just trade 
Ka and start a rebuild with Caitlin Clark entering the draft the next year. Instead, their head coach was their general manager, James Wade, and head coaches should never be general managers because they will make short-sighted decisions like the one James Wade made, which was to trade the most draft capital in WNBA history to get Ka a co-star in Marina Mabry. And the Sky had a very Bulls-like season last year of being the worst team to make the playoffs and getting smoked. And they do not have their draft pick this year because of it. They do not own the rights to their pick next year because they traded it in a pick swap. And uh, so you kind of have to, like, divorce those two decisions because the new Sky front office was put in a really tough position. I do think they had no choice but to trade Ka. But man, like not getting like they have the third pick this year. If Paige Beckers enters this draft, we're good to go because then you're getting either Cameron Brink out of Stanford or Paige out of UConn. If that happens, the Sky are going to have a new franchise player. But the smoke is that Paige is not going to enter the draft, so they're going to have the first pick in a draft with they're the third pick in a draft with two potential stars. Obviously, Caitlin Clark's in her own stratosphere, but Cameron Brink looks like a really good center prospect, too. Out of Stanford, uh, there's a good South Carolina center, I believe her name's Cardosa, who's like 6'7". She could be the third pick for this guy because uh, they did get the number three pick in this copper trade. But, uh, you know, this guy, they have terrible ownership, too. Annie, Annie at the Sun-Times wrote a great story uh, detailing like how the sky have really lost respect within the WNBA. And this is the plague of Chicago sports, Jason. All these teams have terrible ownership. Cheapskates. It's a great sports city. The sky are in the mix, and the Bulls with Ryan Stoff are at the top of the list. And, you know, one thing we learned today at this Arturis press conference, Arturis said, like, the Ryan Stoff support me if I want to tear this thing down and rebuild. Yeah, he did. He did put so it on himself. Not- it's not the Ryan Store's fault on this one. I really don't think it is. A competent executive could work within these boundaries. Arturis is not competent. Arturis is a gigantic idiot, and everything he does and says only further confirms that. So, uh, Jace, I don't, I don't know how yeah. we're gonna keep. I guess, I guess, if there's one thing I will give AK credit for is that he did put it on himself. That the failures were on him. That he did not blame ownership for like whatever. He said, you know, if, if I wanted to rebuild, I could do it. Uh, it's on him. He has the single goal of being hashtag competitive. And you know what? I want to give credit to Bulls Twitter because they have run with the, the competitive meme uh, after the game today. Like literally every Bulls person I follow is making a competitive joke. Um, we should just make that a thing the rest of the season because we might as well. Again, try to have some fun the rest of the way, even if this uh, the end result, we probably know what's happening. Um, but yeah, he said it's on him, which is why again, yeah, if they fall short of the playoffs, he should be fired. He said he basically kind of put it on him, so they should do it. They should fire him if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, that's like the one thing I guess you could give him credit for is that he's he took, I guess, some co- accountability and put it on his plate and put it on his head uh, for making the decisions that he did. And he's just very stubborn, seems to have a singular mind set of how to build a basketball team and doesn't really want to stray from it no matter what. And uh, it's frustrating as a fan. And doing this podcast, but whatever, man. So if the Bulls are going to stay hashtag competitive, they have an interesting set of games coming up here after the trade deadline here. They go on a three-game road trip starting in Orlando on Saturday, and then they go to Atlanta. Uh, again, 
Orlando is ahead of them in the standings by a couple games. So like the Bulls have lost to them twice already this season. They've started playing a little better again. The Magic have. Uh, it's a game I guess you got to win if you're going to make that charge up the standings. If you lose to Orlando again, that's three losses of them. You lose the season series. You go like I think like four back of them. You're toast. The Hawks are a few games behind the Bulls. Not really worried about the Hawks catching the Bulls, but in Atlanta, that's not in the easiest game in the world. The Hawks did keep DeJounte Murray, so they're still going to have... Uh, they didn't make like any other trades, did they? The Hawks? I think they stayed like totally pat, uh, which was actually kind of surprising given what happened. Am I right there? Did the Hawks make any moves here at the deadline? I don't think they did. Uh, I don't believe so, no. Yeah, which is surprising given like apparently everyone on the roster. I mean, that, that's another Jets. They pulled the John Collins again where like all the talk was about DeJounte Murray getting traded. Uh, just like John Collins, he was on the trade market for like three straight years or it was and never got traded. Maybe that's going to be DeJounte Murray, but um, so not, not an easy game. The Bulls barely beat them in Chicago earlier this year. And go, so going to Atlanta on a road trip, um, that's on Monday. And then Wednesday, they wrap up this road trip in Cleveland. Cleveland, one of the hottest teams in the NBA. That game is actually on ESPN. One of the hottest teams in the NBA, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, I think they've lost like once or twice in the last like month, basically. So that's tough. That's going to be next Wednesday. And then the next night, the Bulls come back home and play the Boston Celtics. That's four tough games in a row there. And then and then they go to uh, New Orleans. New Orleans playing really well. So the next five games, uh, really, the Bulls have a chance to maybe throw it in our face by playing well and being hashtag competitive in these five games. They could also easily go and like 0 and 5 or 1 and 4 and we're just back to complaining about where they're at. But uh, if the Bulls want to not be a joke and if they want to, if AK wants to be smug and laugh in our face and like, oh, yeah, see, I got this team is actually good, go out and go 3 and 2 or 4 and 1 in these games. Do I think that's going to happen? No. I mean, I could, they'll probably go like 2 and 3 and continue to meander about kind of where they are. Um, and then, I mean, even for even looking past that, back home, Detroit. Uh, and then, but then they play Cleveland again. They play Milwaukee again. Then they go on the road at Sacramento, at Utah, at Golden State, at L- at Clippers versus Mavericks, at Pacers versus Clippers. And then they have a few easier games. And they play the Wizards a few times. But like this next month or so is kind of a bitch of a schedule. So like, if the Bulls want to prove all us wrong and prove all of us and shove it in our face for laughing at the competitive stuff, uh, they have their chance right now. It's basically kind of, I don't want to say now or never, but if they want to prove that they're, I don't want to say legit, because again, I don't think legit is the right word, but if they want to prove that they can maybe have a chance to move up into that 7-8 play-in game or have a chance to move into the top six like AK thinks they can do, even though he can't read the standings properly, uh, here's their chance right now. Bunch of good teams coming up in the schedule. Got to go get some wins. Otherwise, uh, you're going to end up in the 9-10. You're going to need two wins to get in the playoffs. Again, just like what happened last year. So we'll see what they are made of. Um, I think that's probably it. We've covered, I think, just about everything. I guess anything else, trade like anything, just your any general thoughts on what happened around the league in the trade line. I mentioned the Knicks stuff, like what they did. Anything else tickle your fancy across the NBA and as the uh, at the trade deadline today? Jace, you know, I wrote so much today, so you can find it all. On there you go. Perfect. I'm pretty exhausted. So yeah, this has been a long day. It was a so busy work day for me. I'm sure it was a busy work day for you, too. So we're doing this podcast outside of the bounds of our normal jobs. We're watching the I watched this entire Bulls game tonight. Why? Because I like Arturis Karnaschovas, I'm a loser and have nothing better to do with my life. 
But uh, that's okay. it, you guys. Read my coverage on SBNation.com. Yes, I got go. instant grades for every trade. I got winners and losers tomorrow morning. Uh, so that'll be out by the time this podcast is out. I got a tracker, and then we got a ton of Super Bowl coverage. I'm drowning in Super Bowl coverage work right now as well. So I need to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go uh, probably take care of my baby. Because, yeah, it was between work today. I said, I'm off for like a month taking care of this uh, for this baby. But I worked today, full day, obviously super busy. And then working off like a couple hours sleep, got to wake up overnight, feed the baby. Uh, so doing that and then working a full day today, not doing this podcast, absolutely exhausting. Did get a nice hour nap in earlier today, so that was great. But I'm uh, going to have another nice, fun night here to go deal with the, the newborn. So definitely a long day, frustrating day. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Trade deadline come and gone. Tons of great trade deadline coverage all across the Blue Wire Network. Um, if you like what we're doing here at Cash, please go check out all the other great NBA podcasts and the other podcasts in general. For us here at Cash, please rate and review, review us. Give us those feedback. Give us that feedback. Give us those five-star ratings if you can, if you like what we're doing here. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. As he mentioned, go check out all his great trade deadline coverage at SBNation.com. Please also go check out clutchpoints.com as well. We have a bunch of great trade deadline coverage there as well. So, Bulls, the we're going to call them. I don't I tried to workshop a nickname for them now. I called them the like triple C Bulls. Our guy Stefano called them the C-tier Bulls. They have continuity. They are competitive. They're also very clutch. It's the triple C's right there, the C-tier Bulls. Let's see how they do moving forward after yet another loser ass trade deadline. So We'll see what happens. We'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.